All right. Now that all the children have gone off to play in the rain, Curtis, I was like, when you said the theme song for the morning, my mom was like, well, you, it should be Let It Rain, not Goodness of God. Rain down. Yeah. I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but it is pouring here. Uh, but it is, uh, yeah, check, check. It is, uh, it's good to be together. It's um, on this rainy day at Golden Valleys. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I found myself up here. I think it might be a lack of sleep. And, uh, um, you know, over the past few weeks here at Golden Valleys, you can see we've flipped it upside down. And uh, so a, a lot of people here have had to do a lot of different jobs. And so I've just been the yes man. I go, hey, you need a pipe fitter. I don't know how to fit pipes together, but we'll figure it out. Or, you know, you need someone to remove carpet. I haven't done that before, but hey, how hard could it be? So it's just, you know, you say yes. And so on Friday when... Um, Brad was saying that he's going to take off to Canada this afternoon. He's going to pre preach a message. And, you know, I was just walking by and I was like, oh, are, oh like that's that's silly. Like, you rush into the airport. I'll preach. And I was like, oh. And then I drove off and I was like, oh, that was stupid. Um, what did I just say yes to? And uh, so I immediately went, dear Lord, what do you want to say this morning? Because <laughs> I don't do this very often. So, uh uh, just hang in here with me. I'm not, this isn't my favorite thing to do. It's not like what I feel is uh, great, but hey, I'm with people I love, and so I know that this will be just great to, to be together. But yeah, as I, as I left in the morning, I felt like God just gave me that first song um, that we heard this morning, you know, the goodness of God. I, 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 uh, I, I remember a time when Ray Andrews was here, and he made Curtis play that song over and over and over again, that little old frail Irish man just saying, you know, how good God is. And I felt, I felt like this morning that we just need a reminder, you know, that we do serve a really good God. Yeah, and so as I got thinking about it, um, you know, in our discussion times this morning, if we can hear each other, who knows. Um, but I, I just want you guys to be thinking of a time where you really felt the goodness of God. So just be thinking about that as I'm speaking, because that's what I want us to do, is just take some time and um, just talk about times when we felt that we really felt God's goodness in our lives. Um, yeah, as I was going through this, I, uh, I felt like God, yeah, just gave me that question. Like, you know, I, do you believe that I'm good? You know, and I, I had to like go, oh, yeah, you know, you sing these songs like goodness of God. And, you know, it, it's very easy to say. It's another thing to actually go, oh, do, is this actually something I believe? Do I actually believe that God is good and that he has good things for me? And, uh, yeah, so I've been wrestling with that a little bit. And another question that came up for me is, do I want God's goodness or do I want just a good little life? And um, I think... I think they can look like the same thing, you know? It's like, oh, if I just live a good life, if I do what, what God, you know, what I feel is, like, good, then then it'll, then God will bless me, you know? And, and um, I've kind of done that, you know? It's like, I, you know, you know, after school, it's like, well, I, you get a job, you know, and then you buy a house, you know, and then you just serve at church, you know, have kids, raise kids, you know? And, and, that, and those are good things, but it's like there's something more, you know, it's like you've done that and I've realized there's something more that God wants to get the life to me and that doesn't necessarily mean just, you know, having a nice easy life, you know. We buy lots of things to make our life easy, you know. It's like we buy the new computer because the old computer is slow, you know. We, yeah, Curtis over here, you know. 
we get deep because none of us know how to do the tech stuff back there, right? It's easier. It's easier with deep. Thank you, deep. We love you, you know. Um, but yeah, just just before we get really into goodness, like uh, maybe we can grab another mic deep because it's it's uh, quite loud, and I know it's scary holding a mic in your hand. I hate it, but we're gonna fight through it. Uh, but just when I say goodness of God, what what comes to people's mind when you think goodness of God? And this is mainly so I don't have to speak the entire time. Any? Yeah, goodness of God. When you think goodness of God, what do you think? I think the um, like provision comes to mind, like just like reliance on Him for provision, like however that looks looks like that in a million different ways, you know can be can be real you know simple like 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 money or whatever but you know it could be can be health i think the probably the, the time where the goodness of god shines through is where you go we just rely on him going well this like no amount of money is going to fix this no amount of anything you know like yeah. so that's where yeah. i find the goodness shines through yeah, for sure. Um, it makes me think of his presence. Yeah, just um, yeah, just knowing that he's there and and feeling he's there and just yeah, just being really aware of his presence. Um, I've been feeling lately a lot. You know, very very thankful to have the capacity to, he's given us the capacity to feel love in such a deep way, the same, in the same way that he's given us the capacity to feel pain. And both of those things um, have such a profound effect on, on one to open up and connect with other people and to God. Love, but love in a sense. Um, not during good times, but during the worst times, the most difficult times, and being able to find love. I think what comes to mind is the, like, glad to be with you posture that he always has. Like, I think I can... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I said the, the glad to be with you posture that God has to us. Um, like I can think about a really busy week and like, for example, uh, a lady was chasing me up for something last week and I forgot to text her back and then I bumped into her and I just had this, oh, I haven't replied to her message feeling and um, there was just like that thing in the air where I knew that we were both thinking about it. Whereas with God, it's like, I, I don't always come to him and I and I will leave him, you know, at the door and I won't always answer him. But it, there's just never that. He's just so glad to be with us no matter what. And I just think that that is such goodness that you cannot find in anyone else. Yeah, well, those are, I mean, you've pretty much preached my message, guys. So let's have lunch and call it a day. No, but I mean, I those are like, 
all those things are super great, and I I I agree a hundred percent. My I think my problem is I constantly forget those things. You know, I I go to work and I do my job and I get in task mode and you know I I just try to make make it to the end of the day, you know, and I I lose sight of of the goodness of God. And so I was just you know asking God like, hey, how do I remember remember your goodness? And I. You know, my, my dad was a three-point sermon guy, so I got three things to that helped me remember his goodness. And uh, yeah, so bear with me. Uh, but the first thing that helps me remember his goodness is um, he keeps his promises. You know, he's a God that 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 keeps his promises. The Bible is full of um, of promises, and I thought we'd start pretty close to the beginning of the Bible and just look at one of the promises that he gave to uh, his people. In uh, Genesis 17, 1 to 8, it says, um, this is the story of Abraham and um, pretty much how the Israelite people came to be. And so it says, um, <clears throat> verse 1 to 8 here, it goes, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell to, uh, down, uh, uh, f- fell face down to the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. You will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you after you from generation to generation this is the everlasting covenant i will always be your god and the god of your descendants after you and i will give the entire land of cana which you are now living as foreigners to you and your descendants it will be the possession forever and i will be their god this is you know one of the first promises that we see in the bible you know and i think it's very easy for us to pick up the bible and go oh these are the exceptions you know these are the amazing things that god has done and you know but for me he won't he doesn't do that you know and and the truth is actually the this is the bible is what our our faith is based on it's like if he if we can't believe that the promises that we feel he's saying to us are true then how can we experience it you know our, our our community is full of promises you know we look at uh Leela a few years ago when she was like hey I'm gonna have a baby and we're like oh okay sure you know and look that promise came to be you know we look at you know Glenn's been talking lately to us about hey how his business sold and how that promise came true of how that's gonna work out you know how he even this like other things like with uh you know golden valleys and the promises that we have around this place you know we need to hold on to those promises you know Abraham's 99 it's like if you look later on in this chapter he goes he was in disbelief he's like how am I going to be a father? Like he laughed. And, you know, I think we can be the same way, but every time that discouragement comes, if we can hold on to those promises, we'll be that much farther ahead. The second thing that helps me remember God's, that God is good is that he wants a relationship with us. You know, Curtis, you, you mentioned a verse earlier today that I was going to put in, but didn't. And it's just that, Hey, he sits at the door and he knocks at our hearts. He wants to, do life with us, but um, I threw in a verse here for, from Romans 8. I was told that we have to have a verse from Romans 8. Um, and and it, honestly, 
guys, if you want something that's going to fill your life, just go ahead and take Romans 8 and just read that and read it and read it and read it because the entire chapter is just full of goodness. But uh, we're just going to look at the, the last seven verses here really quick. And it says, you know, this as we read, just think, hey, how, like, you know, most of us are parents here. You know, what wouldn't you do for your children? And I, I just think that this is just shows that, shows God's character so much. And it's like, um, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us from, accuse us from God has uh, who, who, yeah, bleh, who <laughs> sorry, who dare accuse us from God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and has raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean no long, uh, he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are per, or, or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for, about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, nor the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Doesn't that talk so much about a father that just wants to be with their children? You know, I, I, these thoughts are still coming to me. I honestly prepared this yesterday, so I'm still like going, oh, that's good. That's good, my head. And so I was sitting here and I was thinking about relationship. And, you know, it's like the... I don't realize how God, how good God is if I'm not in close relationship with him. You know, I can go through my day and it just, you know, I miss it because I'm not, I'm not with him. I'm just doing my job. But when I do it with Jesus, oh, do I feel his goodness coming? Do I see, you know, this end of Romans, you know, I come, uh, Romans 8 come to life, you know, it's like nothing can separate me from his love, you know, not, doesn't matter how wet and rainy and how sloppy it is outside. I can still be with him. Yeah. Yeah, and and the third thing that I uh, that really goes in with that Romans eight verse is that you know he came back for us. You know he's our God and our Savior. Doesn't that speak to such a good Father? You know John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life." For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You know that's why we take communion. That's why I remember what Jesus did for us, you know, so that we could be spend eternity with him. Is that not a good father? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the, my three thoughts. But just to, on the back of that, you know, we, we Steve, you touched on it a little bit. Like, you know, it's easy to be, you know, to trust God and love God in the heart and see his goodness in the, in the easy times, but in the hard times, it can feel like, you know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I was 18, I ran, I ran a stop sign and I got pulled over by a cop. And afterwards I was so angry at God. I was like, God, why'd you let this happen to me? You know, it's like, there's just this, 
you know, it, it can be like, where is God in the hard times? And um, uh, I was trying to figure out how to say it, but uh, I'm reading this book now with a few people around here. It's called uh, Walking with God by John Eldridge. Um, Greg was doing the Resilience app, which is also part of John Eldridge uh, stuff. But um, I just want to read a page from it because he just, he talks, he, he says it way better than I ever would. And so I, I thought maybe we'd, I just bear with me here as I try to read a por portion of his book. Um, so I'm going to pick up here. And what happened is he, uh, he fell off his horse and pretty much broke both arms. So both his arms are in a cast and he prayed for miraculous healing and it didn't happen. So now he's frustrated because he's got both arms in a cast and he's a very like get it done kind of guy. And so um, that's where we, we pick up just after this accident and how, what he's dealing with. <clears throat> now don't get me wrong. There is so much about the world that is good and beautiful, even though it has fallen. And there is so much good in the life that God gives us. As Paul said, God has richly provided us everything for our enjoyment. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote that, that to enjoy our work and our food each day is a gift from God. We are created to enjoy life, but we end up worshiping the gifts instead of the giver. We seek for life, for, we seek for life and look to God as our assistant in the endeavor. We are far more upset when things go wrong than we ever are when we aren't close to God. <clears throat> And so God must, from time to time, and sometimes very insistently, disrupt our lives so that we release our grasp, grasping of life here and now. Usually through pain, God is asking us to let go of the things we love and, ha and have given our hearts to, so that we can give our hearts even more fully to him. He throts us at, in our attempt to make life work so that our, effort fi our efforts fail. And we must face the fact that we don't really look to God for life. Our first reaction is usually to get angry with him, uh, which only serves to make the point. Don't you hear people say, why did God let that happen? Far more than you hear them say, why aren't I more fully given over to God? We see God as a means to an end rather than the end itself. God as the assistant to our life versus God as our life. We don't see the process of our life as coming to a place where we are fully his and he is fully ours and he is our all. And so we, uh, we are surprised by the course of events. <clears throat> it's not that God doesn't want us to be happy. He does. It's just that he knows until we are holy, we cannot really be happy. Until God has become our all and we are fully his, we will continue to make idols out of the good things that he gives us. We are like a child who is throwing a fit because he cannot have a toy or watch TV. In the moment, he doesn't care that his mother adores him. His world is out of sorts. He does not see that his... doesn't see that his heart is not in the right place. He needs his mother's love and, the, and comfort far more than he needs the thing that he's made an idol of. Whatever else might be the reason for our current uh, suffering, we can know this. The Lord your God is testing, testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. We are so committed to arrang, uh, arranging for a happy little life that God has to thwart us to bring us back to himself. It's kind of a regular purging, I suppose, a sort of cleansing for the soul. I have to yield not only all my hopes for this autumn, but my uh, basic approach to life as well. Of all the tests, I do not want to fail this one. Now, I'm not suggesting that God causes all the pain 
or hardships in our lives. I don't believe he pushed me off my horse to make a point. In fact, I believe he saved my life. But pain and hard times do come. What will we do with it? What does it reveal? What might God be up to? How might he redeem our pain or hard times? Those are the questions worth asking. Don't waste your pain or hardships. You know, I um, I recently lost my grandpa, and uh, that's the first time I've really lost someone close to me. And, you know, that was hard. Like, my dad called me at midnight our time, and I think I just sobbed in bed for a couple hours um, after it happened. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to lose somebody. And, um, yeah, I started praying into it, and I was like, Jesus, I just need you because, you know, this isn't a good thing. You know, grandpa dying, you know, it's part of life, but, you know, it's still hard. It's hard. He's in a better place, and we love him, and, you know, but, um, you know, uh, uh, as the weeks went on, they had the funeral, I, I was still praying, you know, because it's hard. It's hard to deal with that, and, um, yeah, as I was, you know, on, on online watching the funeral, I, I just got this real sense of, like, you know, oh, how good is it that our family's all together celebrating my grandpa? You know, and Jesus just gave me this real picture of togetherness of the, you know, the man that Fred was. And, uh, yeah, it was just a beautiful time. And the next morning I got to call my my mom and, you know, we were just, they're still in bed and Graham came into the room. We were just telling stories of Graham's and all laughing. And, you know, I said, Jesus, this is good. You are good. You've met me in my lowest, you know, when I was feeling low. And you just showed me your goodness through that. And so I'm so thankful for who he is. Yeah. I just wanted, before we break into groups, I just wanted to read a psalm, uh, a psalm of David here. And I, I love David because he, he's a man after God's own heart. And, you know, he, David experienced the highs of life and he experienced the lows. You know, he, he was a shepherd boy who got, was told he's going to be a king over Israel, and then, you know, he spent a long time running away from the current king, hiding out in caves, almost dying, you know, and, and uh, you know, most of David's psalms start with, oh, God, sucks, and, you know, by the time it gets to the end, it's like, yet you are good, yet I'll praise you, and he just, he right-sizes his, uh, his issues. Um, this one is more just all praise, but it just speaks to the goodness of God. So Psalms 145, I will exalt you, my God and my King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is the most worthy to be praised. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell their children of, of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majesty, glorious splendor, and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue, and I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing about, uh, sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He, he showers compassion on all creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. Excuse me. 
For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you for hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you, when you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears the cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise you, Lord, and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. You know, this is this is King David. You know, we read the story earlier about Abraham. And this is one of his descendants, King David. A promise fulfilled. That's a good God. Yeah. Well, let's let's break into some groups. And as I said at the beginning, hey, let's just talk about you know sometimes when we really felt God's goodness because we need those stories. You know, those Bibles full of them, and they help us. They help us to remember why He's good. All right. Maybe groups of what five, five, six. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys.